Hey guys, welcome to the C1 Church Podcast. I pray that this message encourages you, builds your faith, and helps you go after Jesus. If you'd like more information about C1 Church, please go to our website at c1.church. Enjoy the message and be blessed. Oh God, we thank you for your sweet presence. Lord, we know that you are here today. God, we thank you for the things that you whispered into people's hearts over just the past few moments. God, we thank you that you have complete control, Holy Spirit. That you have complete control over what you want to do. God, I pray right now that there would be such joy that would fill this room. Joy that can only come from the presence of the Almighty. Joy that can only come from spending time with a God that is so holy. God, I thank you for what you're going to do. What you're going to speak. And Lord, I pray that the presence that people are feeling right now, the sweetness, the joy, that they can experience that in their everyday life. It doesn't have to be at church, God. It just needs to be when we are with you, Lord, for we know that nothing is wasted in your presence. God, we thank you for what you're going to do. Thank you, Jesus. Have your way today, God. I pray that you would open up our hearts and our minds to who who you are and what you want to speak to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning. You may be seated. It is always good to be in the presence of the Lord. And to feel his presence and the sweet joy. It was just a, just amazing thing. Because the thing is, is when we feel that, we it encourages, to, uh, encourages us to go deeper. and encourages us to seek more. So, well, welcome to the second week of our holistic health. As you know, we have been talking about um, our, our mental health seminar for quite some time. We are very excited about it. We know that it's going to be an amazing thing. But could you please, please continue to pray for it this week? Um, we know that there's going to be pushback. As fa- We actually have already had pushback. We've had an atheist comment on our Facebook page putting the, cra- the cross in the trash. And so... Um, 
we love those people. We love them, and we want them here. And so whatever the enemy is trying to do to, do to stop them and to disrupt this, we know that, that, um, that God has something for us. And so um, last week we talked about spiritual health, and, um, and this week we're actually going to talk about physical health. And um, I know that it can be kind of a... Uh, I told Ryan, I was like, are you sure you want me to talk about all of this? Because I actually wrote um, and did a podcast for our district for pastors for mental, physical, and spiritual health. And um, he said, yes, I, I think the church needs to know and needs to hear this. And so I just, um, I know that the Lord has a word. And I know that he, he needs to speak to us because we believe that mental, physical, and spiritual health all go together. And we believe that they, they all play a part in, in our spiritual life and how we walk with the Lord. And um, hopefully we can just kind of give you a glimpse of that for you today. And it's very important. And um, we know that obviously spiritual health trumps all of the physical or physical health and mental health because when we're spiritually healthy we can be mentally healthy and we can be physically healthy so it all it all plays into a a circle it all plays into the part and it's really cool to see how the lord just works everything together and um so let's get into it and this week you know i'm not going to promise that we'll be out you know before we'll beat the the rush um, I thought that last week, and then Ryan decided to to make the service go longer, which he's really good at. Um, I'm just kidding. I told I, I'm, I'm going to stop making jokes about Ryan. Someone said last week they're like, "Are you paying him back for all the times he's said stuff about you?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I'm actually going to start incorporating it into the announcements." So, um, no, but we uh, first and foremost, I want to say we appreciate you as as a church and everything you've guys done for us. Um, it's not just during the month of October where you continuously bless us and pray for us. Um, and so we just want to say thank you for for that. We we love you guys, and it is an honor to be your pastors. So um, as many of you know, and and some of you may not, but I have always had a um, from a very young age. Um, I've always had. Uh, a competitive side to me and I've been in sports and just through health and fitness has been um, a big part of my teenage and adulthood and I've just kind of carried it on being in sports and my brothers um, I have three brothers and a sister and they all have played they all played basketball I don't know any other sport besides basketball our daughter plays soccer and I was coaching her the other night and um because Ryan's normally the coach, but he couldn't be there. So I was coaching her, and they're like, what do I do? Do I throw it or kick it? I'm like, I don't know. Just do whatever you want to do. <laughs> so they're like, are you sure? And I'm like, yeah, I don't care. So the ref will know tomorrow. So, um, but I've always played ba – I grew up playing basketball with my brothers. We were very competitive. Um, we grew up just – they played a lot of – they call it street ball um, with a lot of friends and a lot of people – around the neighborhood and things like that. And then they went on to play in college, and my sister went on to play in college and got a scholarship for basketball. And I'm actually the shortest one out of my family, just so you know. Um, we're all pretty tall. And um, although my mom is shrinking because she's getting older. so, um, But it's, 
it's kind of just been a passion of mine, and I've I've continued with it throughout my adult life, and and um, recently it's become more of a passion of mine because I've kind of I, I I truly feel like the Lord has opened up my eyes and just revealed things to me about how our physical and our mental and our spiritual all go together and how it's played a huge part in my life and and how it can play a huge part in all of our lives. And so uh, after Peyton was born, um, I, I developed an issue with my sphincter. And I don't even, I mean, like a lot of people don't even know what that is. But um, basically, I had a lot of tests going on and went to a lot of doctor's appointments. Peyton was very, very little. Um, I had a lot of issues with my gallbladder, and eventually they took that out, and I still started having issues, and it would be like these pain attacks that happened several times a week. I'm not, like, I'm not just saying, like, a couple of times a month. Like, it was several times a week where it would just basically cripple me. Like, I would lay in bed, and I would just sit in pain and um, just kind of in my, my diaphragm area, and it almost felt like I was having a heart attack. Like, it just was very painful. And so um, we we did all the tests. We did all the doctors. And basically, the doctor told me, my surgeon um, came to me and said, after he ran a bunch of tests, he said, well, you're not gluten intolerant. So I was like, thank God. <laughs> like, anything but that. Um, and he said, so basically, this is what we think it is. I want you to Google it. And I'm like, you're telling me to Google my symptoms? And he's like, yeah, how many doctors tell you that? And I'm like, well, I don't know if I believe you, but sure. And so I did, and he said, it's exactly what you're feeling, right? And I said, yeah. And he said, okay, well, this is what we can do. You can go to St. Louis. We are in Missouri. Um, he said, you can go to St. Louis, and we can get you um, to see some specialists, and they can, put, they can do surgery on you, but it probably won't stick. These surgeries do not stick because there's a flap in my sphincter that doesn't close, and it just it will never do that. And so um, he said, so basically you're just going to have to live with the pain. I was like, great. Like, that's literally not what I want to hear. And so I did. I just lived with the pain. Like, I just kind of felt like, uh, um, I mean, it was nice to know that there was nothing major going on and that, you know, it was just, I just had to live with the pain. But at the same time, it was really bad, and it just wasn't fun. And so finally, something broke on Christmas Eve in 2019. We had just moved here, and um, we were in Gatlinburg with my family. We were doing um, a Christmas vacation with all of my family. And on Christmas Eve... I had one of the most severe pain attacks I've ever had in my life. And I almost made Ryan take me to the emergency room. And if you, if you know anything about me, you know he has to drag me to hospitals and basically shove medicine down my throat because I hate taking medicine and I hate um, going to the hospital. And so, and I almost gave in because it was so bad. I laid on my bed, in the, in the bed at the um, cabin, and I just cried. And so my dad came in, my mom came in, my, and Ryan came in. They were praying over me. And, and you know, like I knew that Jesus was there in that moment, but I have never experienced pain like that before. I would even say, like, it was comparable to childbirth. And if you know what childbirth feels like, then you would be like, wow, that's intense. Um, and so I'm laying there, praying, speaking healing over my body. And I would love to say that something changed in that moment. Um, and the Lord, like, just automatically healed me. But that's not what happened. Um, 
the pain just eventually subsided and I was able to function the next day, but all through the night I continued to have it, and um, which was very inconvenient because I was missing a lot of my family time, and, and um, we don't, we're not always all the, together. There's a lot of us, and so I was just very sad, and I just felt like, okay, something has got to change. Something needs to break, and so I would love to say that God healed me and that everything was fine, but I knew that I knew that I had to go a different direction. And that's when the Lord started opening up doors, and I started researching things, and I started getting more and more involved in nutrition, and I started cleaning up my diet a little bit more. Um, I lost 30 pounds. I cleaned up my diet, and suddenly the pain, the pain began to get less and less and less and less until, um, well, last no, Friday night I had a pain attack, but. I'll get to that. Um, and until basically they were gone. Like before this weekend, I don't remember the last time I had one. And the thing is, is like when I get these attacks, it's not just like it takes me out for a day. It takes me out for like a couple of days because it just something just it doesn't feel right. And so um, but through that, like and I truly believe that the Lord healed me through discipline, hard work and opening up my mind to something that that could change it. It wasn't the answer that I wanted, and it didn't come right away, but I definitely believe that the Lord uses us and teaches us through the process, and it may not be the answer we want, but it's the answer that we need, because he needs to teach us through the process, and um, I understand that our physical problems are not always because of, of our nutrition and how we eat and how we take care of our body. I understand that. I understand that there are health issues that happen no matter how, how well we are. One of my best friends, her um, brother is a very, 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 very high-ranked officer in the military and has like 3% body fat and did everything right, and he came down with leukemia, and the doctor said, if you wouldn't have been so physically fit, this would have killed you, basically. And um, so, you know, like, he did everything right, but he still came down with a very deadly disease. And he lived, but um, that's a good, that's a, it, like, he lived, like, that's a good part of the story. <laughs> he's doing great. <laughs> um, he's actually teaching at West Point now. He's not, no longer holding his position. But anyway, so what, what I'm saying is that I understand there are health issues that cannot be corrected by that. There are preventable, but, the, but there are preventable health issues. And, and I believe that as a church and as Christians, we need to be open to that. We need to be open to see where the Lord is taking us, where the Lord is directing us, how we can live a more disciplined life. Because it's not just about being physically healthy or spiritually healthy or mentally healthy. It's also about having a disciplined life being disciplined in things that we don't want to be disciplined so we can be disciplined in things that God calls us to be disciplined in. I know that today is a totally different message, and, um, and I know that it's just kind of, you know, it's not what we typically hear, but I definitely believe that it's a message that God wants us to, to have part of in our lives and, and because it includes our, our physical and our mental. And I'm so excited about this mental health seminar because I know, I know that God has a word for us and I know that Keisha is going to bring that word and I know that it's going to be so helpful for us because mental health is so huge today. And it's, it's been huge forever. We've, depression, anxiety, is, it's nothing new, but 
it just seems to be way more prevalent, and we know about it, and we hear about it so much more. And so I want to challenge you today, but I also want to encourage you today. I want to, to put a little bit of a challenge in you to say, okay, maybe, maybe I do need to be disciplined in certain areas of my life, um, but I also want to encourage you today to know that you, you can be disciplined and the, that God respects and he honors when we are disciplined. And to take a look into the secret areas of our life and saying, are we giving every area of our life to God? Are we being truly disciplined? So the first, the first thought or, or question I want to leave you with today is, am I honor, honoring God with my body? Am I honoring God with my body? Paul says in 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20, he says, Don't you realize that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself, for God bought, bought you with a high price, so you must honor God with your body. So obviously if you read um, a little bit before this in, in these chapters, or in, in this chapter, in these verses, you will see that, that Paul's talking about spirit or sexual immorality. And um, when we're talking about, and defiling our body can look different in so many, so many ways. Paul is talking right here about uh, sexual immorality. But I also cannot help but think that this has a lot to do with every part of our body, how we honor God with every part of our body, whether it is sexually or not sexually, whether it's physically, whatever. We have to honor God with our body. Why? It says, because do you not realize that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? So your body is a temple, which means that if you are a Christian, if you believe in Jesus, he dwells in you, he lives in you, he, your body is the temple. And so Paul is getting at, don't defile that temple with sexual immorality. Don't defile that, tem that temple with, with any immorality, with any sin. It's all sin, right? We call sin, sin. We call it out. So if sin is sin, and we are having either sexual sin, addiction, immoral thoughts, desires, actions, and yes, even our food can be sin. How we look at our food and how we take care of ourselves or the lack of care of, for ourselves so if you are follow Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit lives in you and he dwells in you, there is no need for the temple to be anywhere else. Jesus did away with the temple. We know that. We know that Jesus came and he did away with the temple. So now your body is the temple. And I want us to understand, I want us to get this. How are we honoring God with our bodies? Are we honoring God with our body in a way that would please him? Are we honoring God with our body in a way that that he is that we're giving him the best place to dwell. So in Genesis 4, you have Cain and Abel. Most of us have heard of Cain and Abel. They are the sons of Adam and Eve. And um, Cain and Abel were giving sacrifices to God. They're going and they're sacrificing um, their uh, Cain was sacrificing animals and Abel was sacrificing crops. So they're, they're sacrificing these things to God. But there's one thing that Cain, Cain did not do. Cain did not give his best sacrifice. And God questioned that. 
God said, why? Why did you not give me your best sacrifice? Why did you give me the second best? And because of that, Cain entered even further into sin. He killed Abel, and and we know the story, or if you don't know, you can read it in Genesis 4. But essentially, Cain got mad because God called him out and said, why are you giving me the second best? I definitely believe that when we are not taking care of ourselves physically or we are not honoring God with our body and we are defiling our body, we are giving God our second best. We're not giving him everything that we fully could give him. And it's not his fault. It's our fault. Cain got mad at God because he's like, why why are you even questioning me? I, I sacrificed something to you. But God said, it's not your best offering. What, are, what is our best offering today? And this goes in, in every area of our life. In every area. Because when we're disciplined in our spiritual life, we, we, we talked about last week, when we're disciplined in our spiritual life, we also want to be disciplined in other areas of our life. And so, in every area of our life, and today specifically, are we giving God our second best or are we, we giving God the best? The best that we can give God. And I know that um, I know that this can be challenging and, and it can be, you know, hard to, to really look at yourself. And, and as Christians, we should examine ourselves. We should examine our hearts. The, God, the Lord calls us to to examine our hearts. David says, you know, search my heart. We should examine our hearts. And I truly believe that the Lord will open up what is going on in your life and how how to go about and fix it. You know, my dad was um, was a pastor for many, many years. I mean, all growing up, pastor's kid. We were the kids that, you know, were like, they're like, those are the pastor's kids. You're not allowed to hang out with them. <laughs> so, but um, those were my brothers. Though definitely was not me. I was totally fine. My brothers, those were the troublemakers. Um, but we were a pastor's kid, and um, my dad, he, he has an amazing, an amazing testimony. I mean, the man was part of Hell's Angels gang. Um, he was part of one of the branches of Hell's Angels. He was an alcoholic. He was a drug addict, which stems from his father who died at a, he died when my dad was 11. Um, I never met my grandpa, but he does look like John Wayne. So I'm wondering if he really did. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, but he died from alcohol. He, um, he, my, my grandpa was an alcoholic. He died from liver failure and it just carried into my dad's life. And he became an alcoholic and drugs and got into some really deep stuff and his aunt, his aunt prayed for him and prayed for him and prayed for him. Till one day my dad came to his aunt's house. He didn't have anywhere to live. He was staying with his aunts and uh, with his aunt. And he came in and my aunt was praying for him. And Jesus revealed to my dad right there in that room. And he said, you will no longer serve the devil for the rest of your life. You will serve me. And my dad instantly fell on the floor and he repented. He gave his heart to the Lord, and he did not pick up one cigarette, one drug, one thing of alcohol ever again. 
And not to mention, he had an upside-down cross tattoo on his arm that faded away over time. It's, it's just not there. It's just, it's such an amazing testimony. But through all of that, my dad had a really hard time with dealing, when, when dealing, dealing with things when um, depression or anxiety because he's in ministry. We, all, we know that that carries a lot of spiritual weight. And, um, and so I truly believe that instead of not because he didn't, didn't turn to drugs or alcohol anymore, he turned to food. And he developed type 2 diabetes. Type 2 diabetes is a preventable disease. It's brought on by um, basically just eating too much sugar and carbs and just not, not taking care of your body and not moving your body. And so he brought type 2 diabetes on. And he was crying out to the Lord, Lord, why aren't you healing me from this? And God told him, get your health right. Start eating right, and you'll be healed. And he said, okay. And he did, and he was healed. It went away. And I say all that to say that when we search, when we ask God to really search our heart, like, and it's not just about our physical, our physical body, but our spiritual body, like, that's hard because God will reveal some hard stuff to you, some stuff that's not, that's not, that you don't want to deal with or that maybe you have suppressed and that you're like, okay, I need to deal with this. But I truly believe that speaking in a physical sense, there are some people here that are dealing with preventable issues that if you ask God, God, what can I change? He will give you the answer, and he will help and lead you and guide you, and and you will start to see your health change. Addiction is diction, and it can look different all kinds of ways. It can be pornography. It can be gambling. It can be working too much, sacrificing your family or your friends. Addiction looks completely different, but the one thing that we always hide is food addiction. I know that's tough, and, and I almost didn't say it, but I also was praying this morning, and I felt like God said, say the truth, tell the truth. And I'm going to tell the truth because I know that, that it's tough and it's hard to hear. But when food takes a precedence and an addiction in our life, especially as Christians, we're very good at this. We're very good at this because we may not turn to alcohol, we may not turn to drugs, but it's okay to turn to sweets, or it's okay to turn to this, or it's okay to turn to that. It's okay to just go and go through the drive-thru and order three or four meals because you've had a bad day. And no one can see it. And it's an addiction. And I know that the Lord wants to break every addiction that is in our lives. Every single addiction. Whether it is a a sexual sin or whether it is a physical sin, it doesn't matter. God wants to t- take and break every addiction in our life. And so no matter what sinful desire you choose, your body is the temple of Jesus. So your body is a temple of Jesus. And when we remember that, we understand that, that we should have a desire to look at ourselves and see where, where we need to clean up our sin. Where we need to ask the Lord to search our hearts. 
where we need to make some changes. It is quiet in here. I'll tell a joke, but I'm not good at them. I usually, no, I don't worry, I won't tell one. I'll leave that to the main guy. He does such a good job at him. So how are we honoring God with our physical bodies? It's, it's something that I truly believe that when we, when we look and see how we're honoring God with our physical body, and then it will, we will want to honor him in every area of our life. We will want to honor him mentally. We will want to honor him spiritually in every single area. It definitely, definitely, definitely matters. Now, I definitely believe I said that at the beginning that um, I wanted to challenge you, but I also wanted to encourage you. And um, over the past year, I'm sure that most of you have caught on if you follow me on Facebook, but I started a nutrition coaching company. And, um, or business, I guess. I wouldn't call it. It's not a company. It's a business. And um, the Lord has been very faithful. And it's been so amazing to be able to, to help people and to coach them and to walk them through life. And, and um, it's been really cool because the Lord has brought some pastors on. And I've been able to help encourage them and to help them get through some of the challenges that, that pastoring brings. And, um, and to just try to, try to it's not just, um, just about nutrition, but it's also, it's just, it's total health. Like, I'm not, I'm not an expert, I'm not a counselor, so I don't, I don't really meddle with that. I, I always refer people to counseling. Um, but we, we talk about a lot of things. We talk about a lot of physical things, about a lot of um, just things that are going on in their life. And it's been really, really awesome to see how the Lord has just opened up doors. And, um, and so, like, I always try, I always try to encourage my, my clients. It's like a, it's like a fine balance, you know, because I, sometimes, you know, I like to consider myself like a Sour Patch Kid. Like, um, I can, I, I can be sour, but then I can be nice. And so I always want to tell my clients, like, listen, I'm here to help you. So I'm not going to just sugarcoat everything and tell you you're doing fine when you're not, but it's, it's handling it in a way of like, I want to encourage you through this. So let's, let's look at something that is encouraging. What did you do this week that you normally didn't do? And it's just truly amazing how clients will, will send me stuff. Like I have a client, she is like, I'm taking a walk this week. And she showed me a picture of it. Or, you know, I was really stressed out this week, really stressed. And I decided I almost went through a drive through and just picked up something, but I decided to go home and to make a salad and put some steak on there. And, and she was like, I'm so proud of myself. And I'm like, that is amazing. I'm proud of you too. You know, those are, those are, those are things that we need. We need to be encouraged. We need, we need to, to know that we may have a mistake or we may have things in our life that may not be perfect, but we also need to be encouraged in those that we can also get help to walk through those. And so, as I said before, I want to challenge you, but I also want to encourage you. And that, which leads me to my second question. How do I discipline my body? We talked about discipline a little bit earlier, and I truly believe that when we, we talked about it uh, last week, being disciplined in our spiritual life, and this week, 
it all goes together, being disciplined in our spiritual life, in our mental life, in our physical life. So how do I discipline my body? Uh, Paul says in 1 Corinthians, don't you just love Paul? He's got some amazing stuff. I discipline my body like an athlete. Sorry, 1 Corinthians 9.27. Training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear after preaching to others, I myself might, might be disqualified. So earlier in chapter 9, Paul is talking about pushing through hardships no matter what to get the prize that won't fade away. And we know that prize is eternal life with Jesus. So Paul is sitting here talking to the Corinthian church and encouraging them and telling them to discipline themselves, to push through hardships. Because we all know if you've been walking in this faith anytime, and you don't even have to be a Christian to know that you go through hardships, right? Like people go through hardships, people go through things. And Paul is encouraging the church and telling them, push through, push through the hardships, push through. Because we know that there is a prize at the end. Whether it works out or not, we know if you are in, if you are in Christ Jesus, there is a prize at the end, and that is eternal life with Jesus. We get the ultimate prize. But I also think it's in- interesting here that Paul uses the athlete for the example to continue to push through. And if you've, if you've been in any type of, type of sports or, Mr. Jim, you played basketball when you were a little younger, right? Or maybe little. Um, you know that, that you have to push through things. You have to push through things sometimes on, when, you're, when you're, your coach basically tells you to push through, to push through, to continue to go. Like you get, like you get such, I, we, love, we love sports and, and being on a team because it teaches you such an amazing um, aspect of what a team looks like. It, tell, it helps you pick others up. It helps you encourage others along the way. And it helps you push through difficult moments and difficult times. I can't even tell you how many times in life where I have used what I've learned from being a part of a team and being coached to just real world things where I've been like, you know what? I can do this. I can push through this. I can do it. I'm not a quitter. I know more. I know, or not know more, but I know better. I know that I can do this. I know that the Lord has given me strength to do this. I can do it. And I truly believe that that came through my coaches saying, you can do more. You can do it. Finish it. Your team is counting on you. We are a team. We are a body of Christ. We all play a part. But when Paul is talking about this, and he's using, using athletes, we know that athletes, if you're a true athlete, you don't just go halfway. You continue to push, no matter the hardships, no matter the pain, no matter what you're going through, you continue to push. And it will lead into every area of your aspect, or every area of your life. Especially when you're an athlete, like everything has to be lined up. You have to have the proper amount of sleep. Your nutrition has to be on point. Your training, sometimes two to three times a day, depending on, on what you're doing and what your sport is and, and what if you're competing at that point. You're training six days a week. You are living and breathing this sport or whatever it is, if you, especially if you're training for, for an event or 
for um, a game or something like that. Like if you are serious about the sport and if you have that in you, you are living and breathing it. And so Paul is saying, I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. Training our body to do what it should. Being disciplined in our spiritual life. Being disciplined in our physical life. Being disciplined in our mental life. So guess what? We can preach the gospel. So that we can do what God has called us to do. So that we cannot give an excuse of, God, I'm too tired. Or, God, I just don't know if I can do that. Being disciplined. It's not easy. It takes sacrifice and it takes being intentional. Knowing that there's something worth fighting for. I guarantee you that any athlete, they don't just do it just to to do it. Usually they do it to win a race. They do it to get a trophy. They do it to, you know, get a gold medal, whatever it is. They do it to, you know, be the best. There's a CrossFit athlete that is from Australia that actually, she lives in actually Nashville, Tennessee, and she has won her competition six times in a row. I'm telling you, this girl is not, like, she's a machine. But she trains every day, several hours a day. And she has one goal in mind, to win this competition every single year. She's done it for six years in a row. It's amazing. It's amazing what what you can do and what you can push through when you know that there's something for you at the end. For us as Christians, as followers of Jesus, we know that the end is ultimately Jesus. And we know that the end, that is our prize. That is our spiritual prize. That is our physical body's prize, is being with Jesus. So Paul, right here, he's, re- he's relating athletes because he knows the sacrifice. He's saying this is a sacrifice that they're making. As Christians, we have things that we have to sacrifice. We have things that that are in our life that we need to say, okay, you know what? I'm not going to watch this anymore. I'm not going to listen to this anymore. I'm not going to read this anymore because I know that it's pulling me away from Jesus. So what am I going to sacrifice because I know that it's pulling me away from Jesus? Athletes continuously have to sacrifice, and in the same way, Christians continually have to sacrifice. But it's all for the good of ourselves and what God has for us and what God has called us to, because he has called us to live a deeper, fuller life with him. We just have to be disciplined enough to get there. So, how do we become more disciplined? Because we are called to have more discipline in our life, spiritual life, our mental life, and our physical life. So how do we become more disciplined? Well, you have to see the need for discipline in your life. Where do you need to have that discipline? Does it need to be in your prayer life? Do you need to be more disciplined in your prayer life? We talked about that last week. I talked about last week how 
I was getting up and going to the gym and sacrificing my prayer time. The Lord convicted me. So I decided that before I would go to the gym, I would pray and read my Bible. Sacrifice. Where do we need to sacrifice? What areas in your physical body do you need to improve? Are there areas? These are all things that we have to ask ourselves, and we truly have to see the need for discipline in our life. Do we need to be more disciplined to being at work on time? Or do we need to be more disciplined in showing up when we say we're going to show up? Or do we need to be more disciplined? You, you get the idea. Being disciplined in your life and saying, okay, where do I need to be more structured and where do I need to be more disciplined? It can have anything to do with your spiritual life all the way to your physical life. Do I need to be more disciplined in the food that I eat? Do I need to be more disciplined in my exercise? All of it. And I'm telling you that when you ask the Lord, he will reveal it to you. So just be prepared. Okay, be more disciplined. The second thing I want us to, to um, of how you can be more disciplined is once you see the need, ask Jesus to help you. Once you see the need, ask Jesus to help you. And this is, I mean, this is not like anything that's like, oh my gosh, it's so bright. You're so smart. This is obviously, this is typical stuff. But I want us to relate this because there are so many times, like, there are so many times where my clients are, are saying, yeah, I, I just need help in this or I need to be more disciplined. And I tell them, pray. Ask Jesus to help you because he will. Like, he's not just, he cares about you. Your whole body, your, your spiritual, your physical, your mental, ask the Lord to help you. Ask him for his help. There's nothing wrong with that. A lot of the times as Christians, we can say, God, help me not to, to give into this temptation or help me to walk with you better or help me to do this or help me to do that. But we tend to forget that God cares about our physical life. And we tend to say, you know what? It's okay. I can do this or, or God may not care, but he does care. And if you need help physically, ask the Lord to help you. And then the third thing is come up with a plan and start small. If you are not reading your Bible right now, then I would suggest that you don't go all in and read your Bible for three hours a day. And be like, this week, for three hours a day, I'm going to read my Bible every single day for three hours. Start small and come up with a plan. Start small, one thing at a time. One thing at a time. One bite at a time. One thing at a time. If I need to be more disciplined in my spiritual life, okay, God, I'm going to wake up 10 minutes early so I can pray and talk to you. One thing at a time. And then the third, fourth thing is get accountability. We need accountability, whether it's for our spiritual life or whether it's for it's our physical life or whether it's for our mental life. It could be a doctor. It could be a friend. It could be a pastor. It could be anybody. But you need to have accountability, somebody that can be there to help you, somebody that can be there to ask you the hard questions. Are you doing okay? Is everything okay? Get accountability. And my third and final thing that I want to leave you with today, and I promise we'll be done is I want to leave you practical ways to live a physically healthy life. Practical ways. I want, I want you guys to, to understand that from my heart, it's not just, I don't want to sit up here and say, you need to change, but I also want to help you. I also want to give you practical tools, practical things to, 
to live a physically healthy life. Because maybe, maybe this message is like, ah, it's not for me. I don't care. That's fine. That's, that's fine. You know, but if you are finding any kind of um, help or any kind of encouragement in this or, or even conviction, I also, I want to help you because being, changing your life physically is hard. And there are habits that, that sometimes people break that, that you don't, that don't happen overnight. Actually, and recently um, have been able to coach my dad which is terrifying and rewarding all at the same time because he is a very stubborn man. And, um, and he's tried everything under the sun and, and nothing's helped. And, and um, my mom said, all right, it's time to try, try something different. And so we did, and I told my dad, he's like, I only lost a couple pounds. And I said, Dad, you're doing great. It doesn't matter, like, right now. But you're trying to change 50 years of habits or more. That's not going to happen overnight. It's going to take time, and it's going to be hard. And, and you can do it. I know that you can do it. But you don't need to be so, like, anxious to where, like, if you don't see something change or if you're not seeing the way that it changes right now, you're, you're literally changing years and years and decades and decades of habits. It takes time. And, and sometimes it takes more time than others, and the Lord can definitely help you with that. But it's hard. It's not impossible. And I want you to understand that it's not too late to change no matter how old you are. My dad is 73. He's 73. He's in his 70s. So it is not too late to change. It's not too late to make some changes. So I want to I want to leave you with these few things. These questions that you can ask yourself. What does my daily food or water intake look like? So 70% of our immune system is in our stomachs, is in our gut. 70%. So when you have a healthy gut, you have a better chance of fighting off colds, flus, things like that. Basically, you can get sneezed on in the grocery store and you'll be fine. I'm just kidding. I'm not guaranteeing that. Or your kids. How many moms? I've, I'm telling you, moms are like, they have a superpower. I can't even tell you, like, my sister-in-law, before I had kids, her kids would be sick, and she's like, yeah, my kid just, like, spit in my face or sneezed on me. And she's, like, going and doesn't ever get sick. I'm like, how do, you, how do you never get sick? And then you have a kid, and you're like, makes sense. But if 70% is in our, of our immune system is in our gut, then we should look at how we're feeding it to, to give us the best chance of fighting off just, you know, regular sicknesses, especially that you get in the fall and winter time. So asking yourself, am I eating processed foods or foods that will not nourish my body? Am I eating foods that are high in sugar? Am I eating foods and drinks or, or things? You know, there are a lot of sugary drinks out there that are very, very high in calories, very, very high in fat, very, very high in sugar content. And all of those things, like even if they're sugar-free, we're still feeding ourselves. Is it nourishing? Is it giving us what, what our body needs to help us fight what we need to fight? 
And it's so crazy because they're now, like, I'm, I'm seeing more and more studies come out now that when you are not feeding your body properly with proper nutrition and, you know, fruits and vegetables, it's not like, it's not something that, you know, it's something that the Lord made from the ground, which I always think is so cool because he gives us everything that we need. But with fruits and vegetables and things like that, when you're feeding your body those things, it actually helps fight against depression and anxiety. There are more and more studies showing that the processed foods and the chemicals that they put in our foods, foods trigger our brain and can lead to more depression and anxiety, which I think is very interesting. So we know, we know that processed foods, chips, cookies, um, breads, and all of those things, crackers, all of those things are can cause or add to preventable health issues. High blood pressure, type 2 diabetes, inflammation, stiff joints, fatigue, poor sleep, weight gain. So you don't have to change your whole lifestyle. You don't have to change your whole lifestyle. I always tell my clients, I'm not a monster. You can have pizza. Or I'm not a monster. You can have some chips. Or like I encourage them to, you know, continue to eat the foods that you want to eat. But 80% of your diet should be from whole foods. Even breads are okay. Even rice, pasta, all of that is okay. It happens in quantity, how much you're eating, how often you're eating it. It's just, it's, it's very interesting to see how food affects our bodies. But looking at that and saying, what does my daily food and water intake? And a lot of us are very dehydrated. A lot of us do not drink enough water. Like 80% of headaches are from lack of or lack of hydration. So if you're dehydrated or if you're having a headache, try to drink some more water. Water is so good for you and underrated. The, the third thing I want us to ask ourselves is what does my daily movement look like? So most of Americans are sitting. Most of Americans do not get up and move. Most of Americans have jobs where they sit. And when you're in a seated position, it actually puts strain on your lower back and your knees because you're not stretching those muscles. You're not getting your blood flowing. And so are you moving throughout the day? We should be looking at seven to 10,000 steps throughout the day. But all of that will, it will significantly improve your health. You'll start to feel your joints less stiff. You start to feel your blood pressure will go down. All of these, all of these things help. They're all tied together. The third, the third one I want to ask is how is my stress? This is a huge thing. Americans are so stressed out, like so stressed out. It's ridiculous. And stress actually causes heart problems, high blood pressure, anxiety, depression. Are you stressed out? Because stress leads to weight gain. Stress leads to poor sleep. When you are not sleeping properly, if you are not getting enough sleep, your body is not being, your body can't rest. It can't, it can't rejuvenate. It's not fighting off the things that it should. Weight gain. If you're stressed, a lot of people will stress eat. If they're stressed, they're like, oh, I just need, I just need something. I just need some like candy or some sugar or something like that. And they just eat it. And before they know it, they're stressing. They don't even know it. So stress, how is the stress in your life? I encourage you, if you have a high-stress life or you are stressed or if there's anything in your life that is stressing you out, find a way to alleviate it. Find a way to control it. 
That can be reading books. That can be journaling. That can be a hobby that you like. Maybe you like woodworking. That can be taking a walk. Something that will help you. Did you know that when you're walking and when you're moving your body, you're releasing endorphins? Endorphins help boost your mood, help you feel better, help you see things differently. All of these things are related. Our body is amazing, and the way that God created it is amazing. So if you are feeling stressed, I definitely encourage you to find something that you really enjoy to get that stress down because we are not, we're not meant to live a stressful, high-intense life all the time. We have, to, we have to live a balanced life to where we can say, okay, this situation might be stressful, but this is what I'm going to do to help alleviate some of that stress. And the last and final thing that I'm going to leave you with is, am I getting the proper amount of sleep? I talked about that a little bit. Um, we can live a physically healthy life and, and eat great and move and all of that, but if we're not getting sleep, praise God, sleep is one of the best things in the world. But if we're not getting sleep, then we're not truly giving our body the proper time to rest, the proper um, the proper way to lose weight. You actually need to get sleep to lose weight to um, reduce your cortisol levels, which um, high cortisol levels make you gain weight. So, but having the proper amount of sleep, we need to rest. We need to understand that it's okay to slow down and it's okay to rest. God did it. If God can do it, we can do it, right? We should do it. Getting the proper amount of rest and the proper amount of sleep will give you the energy to do the things that you need to do. It does wonders for your mind, helps you think clearly, helps you perform clearly physically and mentally. And I know there are seasons in our life where we're not sleeping all that much, whether you're sick or, you know, you've got little kids or, or whatever. Like, those are moments, those are those are just, you know, glimpses. I'm, I'm talking about, like, every day when things are, you know, normal, getting the proper amount of rest. So, I'm not going to do an altar call. Tell you all to come down and repent and sleep more. Everybody's going to go take a nap now. One thing I do appreciate about my son is he's like, Mom, I just love sleeping. I'm like, I love sleeping too, bud. It's such an amazing thing. He looks forward to nap time at school, actually, which is kind of crazy. But but I do want us to, to really take into some of the things that we talked about today and to really search our heart and to ask the Lord, you know, God, am I, am I giving God my second best? Am I giving the Holy Spirit the best place to dwell? Whether that's a, a, a discipline that you need to do or you need to go over, or I don't know what it is, but the Lord will reveal that to you. I'm not here to be the Holy Spirit. I'm not here to convict you. I'm not here to do any of that. I'm here to just tell you what the Lord has laid on my heart, what I've seen, and, and how he's encouraged me through this. Has it been difficult? Yes. Have there been times where I've had to say no to certain things? Yes, there have been. Because when, you, when you're trying to better yourself, you have to say no to certain things. 
whether that's physically, whether that's mentally, whether that's spiritually, you have to say no. And it's uncomfortable and, and it's hard, but it pays off in the end and you will come out as a stronger person. I guarantee that you will come out as a stronger person. And so church today, I just want to pray over you. And, and um, if you have any questions, I would love to answer those. But let's pray. God, we thank you for your word. God, I thank you for this amazing church. God, I pray right now that you would be with them, that you would help them, that you would encourage them, and that, Lord, that you would, um, if there is anything that they need to be more disciplined in, your life, in their life, God, that I pray that you would reveal it to them. And that you would help them, Lord. Help them in the times where it's hard. Help them in the times when they're trying to change something and it's hard. God, we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.